Greetings from TG Geeks webcast where Ben and Keith, the two gay geeks, talk about all aspects of geekdom and nerdery. Sci-fi, comics, film, horror, genre, you name it, we talk about it. Find our episodes each week on TGGeeks.com. Visit our Facebook page, TG Geeks Webcast. On Google Plus and YouTube, look for us as Two Gay Geeks. You can tweet at TG Geeks and at the Two Gay Geeks. Or call our feedback line at 469-TG-Geeks. That is 469-844-3357. Happy listening. Peace. Cheers. Joe Hogan. Many of you know me as Epic Grades in various video games and social media. Welcome to episode 63 of Geektitude, a geek culture podcast that celebrates the inner geek in all of us. Today I'm very excited to be joined by Sam Johnson, creator of the comic book series Geek Girl. How are you doing this morning, Sam? I'm good, thank you, Joe. How are you? Pretty good, pretty good. Um, Before we get into our main topic, we'd like to know a little bit more about you. Go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, uh, well, <clears throat> excuse me, I live in England, I was born in London, and now live in the northeast Sheffield, uh, came up here to do a, a, uh, a university course in creative writing for film and TV, um, but uh, comics is uh, my main uh, passion, and uh, you, some people may know me from the Almighty's, which, was a, which is a kind of comedy, comedic super team thing that I do with Mike Gagne. Uh, and Geek Girl is the, uh, the thing I have out, and that we've got the third issue out of this week. Very cool. Um, is comics your main geek area? Is that what you kind of do, or what? What areas uh, do you feel like your geekitude is high? You really like that. Kind of I, <laughs> I I don't I don't feel that I'm I'm particularly if 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 one thinks of sort of geek interest that I necessarily I like this therefore I like this. It tends to be. The comics area tends to be more uh, what I'm into than anything. I don't think I'm uh, I'm that much of a sort of uh, box set sci-fi person, for example. Gotcha. And, and so no other, no other areas than just just all comic books. Yeah, I, I can't really think of anything else. Um, yeah, I mean comics is you know is the huge uh, the huge driving uh, thing for me. So yeah, I, I I really couldn't say that there's anything else that has that kind of level for me. Very cool. Do you have any any favorites out there? Big fan of Deadpool. Uh, at the moment, Doom Patrol is my favorite book, uh, written by Gerard Way, uh, illustrated by Nick Darrington. It's brought back. Uh, something I was very into back in the day when Grant Morrison was writing it. Uh, they're hitting it, hitting it well. It's, uh, I'd recommend it if you like anything of it. Uh, superheroes, if you like stuff that's slightly more weird and quirky and out there, it's, uh, it's, I'm really enjoying it. That's very cool. Um, do you tend to like um, the, the superhero genre the most, or do you venture into some of the more independent or non-superhero titles? 
Um, superheroes the most, but it, it can be. It tends to be sort of more offbeat ones. The other the other book I would I would have mentioned was is Jessica Jones, which has come back recently, and that's uh, that's working for me as well. And I'm a huge fan of the the TV show, so I don't tend to go for necessarily the most traditional ones. Uh, Deadpool, Doom Patrol, Jessica Jones are all a bit offbeat, but no, I I mean I enjoy like the Avengers and and Spike. Well, yeah, I mean I enjoy Spider Man. Uh, I really liked uh, the Superior Spider-Man when Doc Ock took over, and I'm liking what's going on at the moment with the uh, Dead No More stuff. So yeah, I, I do uh, do tend to go superheroes. Uh, although I'm, I'm looking forward to, I, I missed it because it came out last week. This new book from Charles Saul and uh, uh, Ryan is surname I lose me. God hates astronauts called Curse Words. Uh, and that looks, that's not superheroes, it's like this wizard, um, modern day, and that is another more sort of offbeat thing, and uh, that looks interesting. And yeah, I, I think the first issue's already sold out and gone, is going back to print, because I thought it was coming out next week, and then I just saw today, ah, it was last week. And it's called God Hates Astronauts? No, um, the guy I'm, I'm trying to think of, Ryan, um, God Hates Astronauts was his last book. It's called Curse Words, and Curse it's written words. by Charles Saul. And, and the, uh, the artist I'm referring to is the artist, whereas uh, God Hates Astronauts, he did the whole thing. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. That sounds like a great one. I'm going to have to look into that, because I, I do like urban fantasy, so that, that's yeah. cool. It sounds it sounds quite edgy because it's it's I think he's he's not a good guy this uh, this wizard and he's the uh, the protagonist so uh, yeah it could be interesting. Very cool. Um, so out of the the history of comics, do you have a favorite fandom that you tend to go back to on a regular basis? Uh, well, I mean the 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 Grant Patrol Doom Patrol, the Grant Patrol the Grant Morrison Doom Patrol is is a huge thing for me. Uh, it influences all my stuff on, on some level. And um, that and, and the Joe Kelly run on Deadpool, where he really, you know, developed the character, brought new dimensions to him, made him sympathetic. Those those are the things. Um, um, I mean, I'm, this is not a go back to thing so much, but um, um, another thing I should mention is the the Star Wars books that Marvel are doing now are really good as well. Uh, in terms of going back to stuff, I don't tend to have time to go back to stuff so much because I buy so many comics that I'm never up to date on, you know, what's what's new. Uh, so there's a constant backlog for me to get through. So it's it's kind of a, a luxury if I ever uh, go back into the long boxes. Yeah, it's it's very easy to get that that pile started of must read. It grows very quickly. Yes, yes. I've I've had to sort of cut back a bit because I I found I was just buying like anything I like the look of and as a result there's a lot that are just sitting there gathering dust and it's uh, given that they're not the cheapest things in the world uh, these days that's probably not uh, the best thing to do. <laughs> Understandable. Now, um in in your in your history of reading comics is there anything in there that is um kind of off the beaten path? that uh, you think people should read, but not a lot of people have read it? Yeah, I don't know how easy it would be to get hold of, because uh, I don't think it was ever collected, but there's a book called Amazing Man, so that's like apostrophe, M-A-Z-I-N-G, man. And it was basically a kind of like sitcom slash soap opera. One of the characters was a supposed superhero, but he was he's just this short guy that goes around in a, in a sort of funny costume like polka dot, 
uh, shorts and a, and a helmet and he's not all there mentally so he doesn't have any superpowers or anything but something's happened to him where he thinks he's a superhero but he's just though he's amazing man he's just one of the characters and it's it's a real kind of uh, say kind of soap opera slash comedy type thing I and mean, there's a certain feel of friends to it uh and that they they did like a, a one-off animated thing of it not that long ago it's it's bob rosakis and steven destefano is off ren and stimpy i guess is one of the best things he's known for it's it's absolutely great that's that remains one of my favorite ever books uh also an influence on my stuff it's it's just really great character stories it's you know it's very low-key compared to your, your standard tights and capes there's not much in the way of superheroics on it in it um and so amazing man is really just one of the characters and the rest it's more about their sort of relationships and, and all that kind of stuff uh but yes yeah, it's, it's it's great that's awesome very cool very cool now i know you're working on geek girl do you have any other projects up in the air right now yeah, Carpaccini Voodoo Junkie Hitwoman, uh, the ex-crack whore turned supernatural hitwoman. That's that's uh, long been in the works. Uh, Four-issue miniseries almost done. Uh, there's a free preview comic of that. You can get online at either issue IWSW or uh, Drive Through Comics. Uh, it's called Carpaccini Dark New Year, and that has like its own self-contained story where Cabra goes through this limbo's upper crazy locked away in the cover cupboard uh dimension uh which she can use as a shortcut between where she needs to go when she's being high for hits um but it's a kind of a, a messed up place that screws with her physically and mentally because the the ruler of it doesn't want her using it so there's a self-contained story uh featuring her in that and uh, it also previews the ministers, and it also actually features Mr. Mashup, who's the character that makes his, his sort of big uh, appearance in in the new issue of Geek Girl, Geek Girl Three. Yeah, I was I, I've read all three issues of Geek Girl, and I was very curious about that uh, that character. So we're gonna have to talk about him a little bit more as we uh, we move along. Uh, but before we do, we're gonna talk a little bit about how we kept it geek this week. Um, I have discovered a new podcast. Um, I, I, I have kind of neglected some of my regular listens because I'm kind of uh, transfixed by this uh, podcast called The Adventure Zone. It's uh, a D&D playthrough podcast with uh, three brothers and their father. And it's irreverent and it's goofy and it's just silliness but it's still got a good kind of interesting story uh, mm -hmm. i think the, the comedy comes from them throwing in all of these kind of modern asides that have nothing to do with the story but but that the the dm definitely grabs onto and uh uses to forward the plot and it's it's just fabulous okay yeah so that's been a lot of fun and uh, that's kind of motivated motivated me to go back and read um, the fifth edition D and D Player's Handbook because I, I I never have time to do tabletop gaming, but uh, but I've always loved it and so it just kind of the nostalgia of going back and reading an old uh, Player's Handbook is kind of yeah 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 cool. And then the the last thing that has been going on this last week, and the reason why we didn't have an episode last weekend, was because I just picked up our brand new puppy. 
Okay. <laughs> and so, uh, so it has been about a week of learning how to deal with potty training and uh, the little hurricane of teeth that puppies tend to be. Right. Okay. Yeah. And so we have been, uh, we have been uh, very had our hands very full with uh, with our little Ollie. And uh, he has he he's going to be a fun addition to our our household. Yeah, my my friend Rachel um, got a a pug do- a, a puppy pug dog fairly recently, and uh, yeah, that was uh, <laughs> that was a learning curve because I don't I don't know what what puppy you've got, but pug dogs are uh, they're not the most self uh, sufficient. Yeah, I have a, a little Havanese, so they're kind of uh they're 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 related to the kind of Bichons. They look a little bit like a Maltese. Um, but, uh, he, he's very smart and he's very self-sufficient, but right. he, he wants to play and then just forgets that, oh, I probably should go to the bathroom and right. <laughs> an okay. accident and it's like, okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, but it's, it's been fun and, uh, we're very excited that we've got a trainer coming to, to talk with us tomorrow to give us some tips on how to make sure that we're doing the right thing with him. But, uh, cool. but for everybody who's been listening and asking, he has, uh, He's doing well, doing well. How about you? What well, uh, <laughs> as I say, I don't, I don't tend to have that much uh, geek interests. The, the closest I could say really is, is I finally got around to watching the, the, the latest, which is the mid-series uh, finale of The Big Bang Theory. Uh, I tend to, again, I'm not someone that binge watches stuff, so I tend to be way behind on stuff that I even really like, such as Luke Cage, which I'm really enjoying, but it's taking me a while to get through it. But I've, I've enjoyed um, this series of the, the Big Bang. I assume you're the same place in America where it's it stopped where, where uh, Bernadette's had the baby. Yes, um, we're actually, I think, an episode or two past that, but she is... Oh, okay. Yeah, she's had the baby, and, uh, you know, the the last episode was just kind of the, the three couples and how their holidays went, and the crazy... Okay. ...kind of over the holidays. But, yeah, I've, I've enjoyed... Uh this season and and i liked the uh the the baby's volume at the <laughs> yeah. end of that episode that was a nice nice touch a nice uh you know homage uh but yeah i've, I've really enjoyed it because i thought uh there were one or two series where, where i thought it, it wasn't as good as it can be and and this one has been good with all the developments with uh sheldon and amy and 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 all that stuff and uh yeah i'm enjoying it again yeah, I got to say that's one of those shows where, you know, a lot of shows they add a new character and you're like, uh-oh, this isn't going to be good because that they're starting to jump the shark and they, they obviously need to revamp something. That's why they're adding a new character. But every character that they've added has really contributed to the dynamic, I think. Well, I don't know if I missed one, though. There was like a Cuban girl that Raj was interested in and I saw the one where she came in it and I haven't seen her since. I presume she came and went pretty quickly. Yeah, I think she came and went pretty quickly. I don't know if they'll bring her back again, but but yeah, we haven't seen her since that one episode as far as I know. Oh, oh, oh right, she hasn't been in it since. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Very cool. Well, awesome. Well, let's talk about Geek Girl because I'm enjoying it. It's a very fun, fun book. Uh, tell us where you got the idea and how it all got started. Uh, well, um, some time ago, Image Comics Shadowline imprint ran a contest, Who Wants to Create a Superheroine? 
I came up with three ideas for that. It was it was just literally sort of coming up with ideas. There wasn't a sort of influence or anything. Um, Geek Girl was the one I liked most. It was kind of a prototype stage there, and I fleshed this character out and her, her world. Um, we had a Geek Girl Zero quite some time ago, and I've spent a long time getting the four-issue miniseries done. Um, who Geek Geek Girl is, is Ruby Kay. She's a hot, popular college chick that lands a pair of super tech glasses uh, kind of on a whim and uh, they have an effect on her due to a glitch in them where they're giving her flight and super strength powers but there's something going on that she's not necessarily aware of in the way they're affecting her and affecting her behaviour and the the initial thing of this is to make her super klutzy which is to the detriment of her, her social standing and her too cool for school clique who are not impressed at all by her claims to be in a superheroine and the only demonstration of the powers she's, she's displayed that they've witnessed as knocking drinks over them. So uh, it's kind of it's, it's a kind of a flip on usually you've got, <coughs> excuse me, nerd becomes cool superhero. This is cool girl becomes uncle superhero. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's the, the setup. And we've spent, uh, it's, it's been coming up monthly, and uh, issue three is out this week, and basically <clears throat> we've designed this as a, a jump-on issue. So we've got two pages of, of recap showing what's been going on, uh, where Ruby has been trying to get her grips to having landed these superpowers and the, and the responsibility that's come with them when she got them by sort of act first, think later uh, methods. But her her best friend Summer. Is, is into the whole superheroes thing. Her dad's a big comics geek, and, and she's kind of pushed Ruby to be a superhero and, and use them as, as we as comic fans would, would you know, be used to people using them. Um, so she spent some time trying to get her head around that, and uh, as of issue two, she's kind of in the right place. So issue three is where she's going to start, right, this is it, I'm a superhero now, let's do this. Yeah, and she has, I think, her her first kind of really major confrontation with uh, someone big. I know she had a little bit of a confrontation with um, the what I, I think is is going to be your your longstanding big bad, the one who's been taking down the other uh, superheroes in the area. Yeah, well, I mean, you can Geek Girl One and Two are still still available. You can get them at geekgirlcomics.com. And what sets Ruby on the path that she's been on is. She, in the first issue, she's flying around, this is what I'm supposed to do, look for crime, it's not really happening. And then where they live in Maine, in Acorn Ridge, uh, Neon Girl, the resident superheroine, gets blasted through this uh, billboard by this mysterious new uh, villainess called Lightning Storm. And Neon Girl's hospitalized, Lightning Storm disappears... Neon Girl is tasking Geek Girl with, in her absence, taking down Lightning Storm. Lightning Storm then takes another big super off the map, so Living Geek Girl is basically the only resident superhero now. So Lightning Storm is, is no one knows what her motivations are, where she, who she is, where she comes from, but she's very, very dangerous and powerful, and she's just taken down two superheroes that have been doing this a lot longer than, than Ruby has, so it's quite a daunting thing for her. Um, and that's, you know, she's kind of earning her chops a bit in issue three, and then in issue four, she's going to go f- after Lightning Storm. 
Now, there's uh, a lot of really strong. I mean, the the majority of this cast is women. Is is there, um, you know, is that just by the fact that your main character is is a woman, or were you going for kind of looking at the the woman's point of view in in a superhero world? I think it's it's partly. I mean, it's not it's not a, a contrived thing. It's it's come from the type of character she is, and Ruby, you know, hot popular college chick tends to hang out with other hot popular college chicks. Their friends tend to be mainly uh, female. The guys involved tend to you know want to have sex with them, so it tends to be uh, a less of a friendship there, more of a uh, if anything boyfriend scenario. So yeah, I mean, you've got. Ruby is a kind of her sort of morality is is a bit sort of malleable when we meet her, whereas her best friend Summer is is on the the good side, and the rest of her clique are, are kind of bitches. So there's a, there's a, a another character that that gets a bigger uh, role in uh, in issue three is is uh, Mariella, a waitress who that the guy that came up with the glasses. Uh, was he did it, Trevor? He did it to give himself superpowers so he could, like, you know, be like the the object of this Mariella's desire because he didn't think he was would have been enough for a uh, just as himself as this this nerdy little guy. Um, he lost these glasses, and uh, so he's not too happy that uh, Ruby is now seems to be becoming friends with this Mariella because it's her that puts him onto this Mister Mashup character. So for, through Trevor's eyes, Ruby's got not got the girl, but is is at least has this girl that he really likes in his in, in her life, and uh, has the powers. So Trevor's not too happy, and uh, he's maybe thinking maybe I gave those. But what, how he lost them was Ruby and her friend Stacy got Trevor and and uh, his friend Jeff drunk, and basically almost conned them out of the glasses in a game of strip poker where they, they wouldn't even, they were so drunk they couldn't have even possibly won. Uh, so Trevor, at the time of money he's invested in this, is now thinking, mm, maybe I want those glasses back. I notice one of the themes tends to be the the way people, uh, the, the way identity and kind of how you see yourself and, and the way people see you, it just kind of seems to run very clearly through all the characters was that was that done intentionally again it's the type of character ruby is it's uh, her image is very important to her i mean in you know she sees us you know she's described in in some of the the, the press releases i've done as, as little miss popular initially um and in issue two we've got a big big character story with her and summer where ruby's trying to get her head around the, the changes these these glasses have caused in her and you know whereas before everyone all the guys were after her now she's not one of the popular girls and, and it seems like these glasses aren't aren't helping her sex appeal uh but through that the course of that issue and, and the events in that she gets a, a kind of a, an acceptance and a, an awareness of it but yeah it's the way she's acting is kind of determining how well it, it's not kind of the way she's acting is affecting the way people are seeing her and as as summer kind of drives home that's not the fault of the glasses that's that's her because she's kind of not owning them mm -hmm. um but she goes through a transition in, in issue two partly due to uh, uh, an entanglement with this uh, crazy 
alt girl, um, <clears throat> Nina Dante, who's gone a step beyond like piercings and tattoos and got a cybernetic eye put in as a like a fashion thing. Um, so yeah, that's that's kind of a, a fraught experience. But Ruby comes out with out of it uh, more confident as more accepting of she's now not just Ruby K, she's Ruby K Geek Girl, which is a name that Summer came up for with a, as a throwaway jokey comment. Ruby never actually accepted that as a name, but it, it seems to have got picked up and stuck. Yeah, definitely stuck. Um, stepping away from the plot and the, the book itself, how do, you, how do you go about with your creative process? What, um, what have you, what, how do you work? Well, um, I mean, I th- you know, I'm very big on characters, so I like, you know, the characters to be a driving force. Um, but when I say the characters, I, I don't just mean the central characters. So I'm, I'm very interested in creating a universe. Um, so like what I've created with Geek Girl, you know, the, the, there will be another series following the four issue mini series at some point and I'm, I'm very interested in developing these characters and if you can get inside of the head of the characters then that will that will take you in into places that you wouldn't go if you just sat down and thought right what can I come up with as a plot mm. um, so I actually some of the stuff I was originally going to do for the, the follow-up um, series I completely replaced because I wanted it to be much more I mean with the, I've written the first issue of the um the second series and it's very well I can't I've got to be really careful what I say about it actually because of the ending of of uh, what will be the end of Geek Girl 4 but um yeah I'm I'm interested in getting to know these characters and developing their worlds so Though I, I want to bring new things into that, of course, I, I'm invested in these, and that's as with with Carbaccini as well. I've, I've got, I've, she's appeared in anthologies before this uh, miniseries, and, and uh, what I like about comics is having that, you know, that open-ended ability to, to develop things and, and their world. Yeah, one of the things I've really enjoyed about the the book so far is the the characters are very. Um... They feel very established. They feel like they live in this universe as opposed to, you know, in a lot of books, a lot of writers, you feel like you're introducing the characters. And yeah. In books, they do feel like they, they're just kind of, they, they are there, they exist there, and we might be meeting them for the first time, but they feel like they have history in the world. Yeah, no, I mean, that that's important to me because in issue one though the superpowers thing is is new to geek girl she's stepping into this world where the you know superheroes exist and a neon girl and pitbull like a, a very well regarded uh in where she lives like pitbull walks into a pub and everyone's like hey pitbull mm-hmm. and pitbull's like the kind of jock uh superhero let's let's go fight crime but let's have a brewski first and uh, he's a character Andrew as well. And uh, Neon Girl is, is kind of a hard-edged, uh, no-nonsense. And, uh, yeah, it's important to me, again, having this sort of organic thing rather than just, right, let's come up with something for Ruby to fight this week. Yeah, yeah, I definitely feel that. And I, I do like how, how the characters kind of have, like you said, he's, he's uh, Pitbull's a little bit of the, the, the jock bro, but he's... <laughs> He's not. He's not. Uh, he's at the same time doesn't feel necessarily like a caricature. He just kind of no, no, playing it up. 
He's, he's not a caricature. I mean, it, the, he's he's in the first issue before he gets taken down, but it, he'll be back, and um, he plays in a, a fairly big role in in actually the first issue of the second series, and you'll you'll see another side for him, uh, from another side of him. So it, you know, he's not just some one-dimensional you know douchebag. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, very cool. And how um, you t- tell us a little bit about your artists and and how how they've been working with with you. Well, Carlos Granda is is the the artist who's who's done the whole four issue miniseries, and he's he's absolutely the perfect fit. Because um, the thing with Geek Girl, as you as you've said, there's a lot of female characters, so you want them to be distinctive from each other, um, and they are. So it's not just like oh, that's a girl with dark hair and that's a girl with blonde hair you can you can see i mean karin carpenter is is the geek girls like college nemesis and you know you you can spot her uh, from a from a while, mile away as, as geek girl does when she unfortunately sees her in a club in issue two so he's very good on facial expressions and and body language so he gives the characters a you know there's this stuff there that he's inferred from who these characters are that i haven't necessarily had to put in the script in terms of what you're seeing them doing in the panels uh very good very you know illustrative of their personalities and at the same time like a, a great example is the first three pages of geek girl one where she's flying about he can do you know crazy cool angles and stuff and, and action so he, he really you know he he ticks all the boxes with it It took a long to part of the reason there was there was the gap there was between issue zero which was a long time ago and was a much more low-key thing done by a different artist who who's not an, a a superhero tights uh, tights and capes artist normally um but that worked because it was mainly just introducing the characters in Ruby's college world. This is more widescreen superheroics, and it took a very long time to find the right artist. Uh, a, a key thing is they got to be able to draw hot chicks because Ruby's sex appeal is is, a, is an integral part of the character. But uh, yeah, he, he delivers on all fronts. He's, he's the absolute perfect fit. Awesome, very very cool. Well, how, where do we find this? Where where can people get a look at Geek Girl? Uh, well, it's there's there's the geekgirlcomics.com website. It's it's on uh, Comixology. One thing, uh, because some people spell it Geek Girl without the hyphen, and if you if you're going for it on Comixology when you search it, make sure to put Geek hyphen Girl. Doesn't find it without. But yeah, those are the those are your main places. I mean, it's been available in, in in some other places, and and as I say, this one we're doing. Oh, in Indie Planet, it'll it'll be up at. It's been in some comic shops, but this one, uh, which the the main thing we're going for is is that it's accessible. Issue three. So however you come across it, you won't feel like you're you're missing uh, a great deal. Although as I say, the first two are still available, but this is you know it's designed as a jump on issue and this is you know we've sort of done the groundwork with ruby now and she's kind of ready to be this superhero and this is where we see how well that does or doesn't go well thank you very much sam and we're we're looking forward to seeing ruby's adventures as she moves forward into the superhero world well, thank you. I'm I'm looking forward to uh, well to borrow from Stanley. You keep reading them, and I'll keep writing them. <laughs> Very good. Do you have any shout-outs for anybody today? 
Uh, let me see. I've already plugged curse words, which is is the main thing. Uh, Mike Mike Gagno, who's my uh, compadre on on the Almighty's. Check out MikeGagno.ca. Check out the Almighty's as well. Almighty'sAmass.com. Because we'll be doing more Almighty's. Almighty's is a much more comedic uh, take on things than than Geek Girl, and uh, we we really enjoy doing that. And there's another one of those in the works. Um, that's that's it off the top of my head. Uh, I'll plug Doom Patrol again because I always plug Doom Patrol to death. So yeah. if you like <laughs> quirky, weird superheroics, that's the place to go. Issue four or is it five? I think issue four of that is also out this week. Very cool. Very, very cool. I'd like to give a shout out to uh, Void from the geek to geek cast, uh, who is the one who turned me on to uh, the Adventure Zone. I'm really in- like cannot in- emphasize enough how much I'm enjoying that podcast and also to his uh his co-host Bij who has been sick since New Year's we we've tried to have him on the show but um if you listen to their their show he he sounds like he ate a frog so um, so we are hoping he feels better because it's almost a month now and and that's a long time to be sick so yeah yeah, definitely. Um, as far as next week goes, we have a couple of people that need to get back to me about their schedules, but we have uh, a couple of fun things coming up in the next couple of weeks. So just stay tuned. It'll be a surprise with whom we get next week. All the music in this episode is by Ben Sound and is being used under a Creative Commons license. You can find more music by Ben Sound at bensound.com. You can currently find us at geektitude.com, as well as on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play as well as most other podcatchers out there, please leave us a review and spread the word. If you'd like to contact me, you can send me an email at joehogan at geektitude.com. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Geektitude or me personally at Epic Grays. Sam, where can we find you? Um, Facebook, I'm all over Facebook, but if you if you Google Sam Johnson Comics, it should bring up a link to my blog, and that will link to, like, everything. There's, there's free preview comics of, of all the books I've mentioned, including Geek Girl, um, and uh, it, it links to my Twitter and, and Facebook and everything else. Awesome, and we'll also throw all those links into the show notes so people can find them easily. Cool. Awesome. Well, thank you very much, Sam, for talking to us today. Really appreciate having you on. Thank you for having me. And for all of you listening out there, remember this week, keep it geek.